Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithlift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you enjoy your time with us. Initially, the people were in mourning until their leaders directed them to celebrate. They saw in Scripture that they were to celebrate during the Feast of Booths and Tabernacles. Terry, how about if you read for us... um, Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 15, out of the NIV. Excuse me, a little throat clearing. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and... Uh, read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day, spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God. Standing on the stairs of the Levites were Jeshua, Benai, Kadmiel, Shebaniah. I like to say bunny. I don't know. <laughs> Booney, bunny. Sherebiah, Bani, and Kenani. They cried out with loud voices to the Lord their God. And the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bene, Hashabaneah, Sherebiah, Horiah, Shebaniah, and Pethahiah said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessings and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything. The multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God who chose Abraham and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. I said that wrong. You chose Abram. Sorry. You found his heart faithful to you and you made a covenant with him to give to his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Girgashites. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. You saw the suffering of our ancestors in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his officials and all the people of his land, for you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. You divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground. But you hurled their pursuers into the depths, like a stone into mighty waters. By day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night with a pillar of fire, to give them light on the way they were to take. You came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right, and decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them your holy Sabbath, and gave them commands, decrees, and laws through your servant Moses." In their hunger, you gave them bread from heaven, and in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land you had sworn with uplifted hand to give them. Whew. Yeah. I mean, so the people, they've gone through different levels of understanding God. They've gone through the um, vague remembrance of the law when they were in captivity, the reading and understanding of the law, then mourning over their behavior, then the celebration at the Festival of Booths. So catching up with them now, what are they doing? Being reminded of who God is, who God has been to them, maybe why they're celebrating. Mm -hmm. And they're confessing. Yeah. 
They fasted, they wore sackcloth, and they heaved dust on their heads. Um, so they were mm, in deep, serious... Deep mourning. Deep mourning. Yeah. yeah. And, and taking that time to separate themselves from the foreigners um, and confessing on their own. Mm-hmm. So why did they separate themselves from the foreigners? I'm curious. I have no idea. Well, I think because God had told them to come out and be separate, mm-hmm. right? They weren't supposed to have mingled or intermarried or they were his chosen people. So while God has an open table and he would that all would come to the knowledge of the truth, he wants everybody to come to know him, right now he's specifically dealing with his people, with the Jews, Um so I think that's why they did separate themselves. They were, they were trying to be obedient to what God had asked them to do. And part of that could be their identity as a people. As mm-hmm. a people. That isn't diffused by other people. Which yeah. is so, I don't know if you've been to a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, but one of the things that I loved when, when we went to our first bar mitzvah was the way they identify that child as a Jew, yes. as an you know, a Hebrew. And I thought that was so cool. I wish that we did that with our children, that we brought them up understanding that now they were part of our community. Um, And so, yeah, I think an identification, you need to know who you are, right? Well, the other thing I think about that too is you have to know who you are and they knew they were God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. And that the instructions that God had given and the promises that God had given were not given to the general public. They were given to His to people. To His people. Mm-hmm. Right. So they had some serious atonement to do for historic and systematic sin. Mm-hmm. And so they and had to separate say, themselves from the people who that doesn't pertain to. Like, correct. this is us. We have to own this. Mm-hmm. And man, we've been messing up for a really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are sorry because you have chosen us and you pulled us aside and you gave us these specific instructions and we thumbed our nose at you and moved along yeah Mm -hmm. so i think that's another part of why they were separate because the foreigners it didn't have anything to do with the foreigners you're right yeah yeah that's my opinion Mm -hmm. i'm not a scholar i don't know that for sure (laughs) no makes sense that's anyway so this is a process that's been going on through nehemiah of just drawing the people closer and closer and closer to god and um I just part of me is picturing the scene: seven days of having God's word washing over you, and you taking it in, and you feasting on it, you know, and and really becoming intimate with the knowledge of His word, and that has to change you. Mm-hmm. It has to, right? If you're engaging with that, um, and I, I think they're probably seeing themselves in a different way, too. And um, so part of the confession, I think that's a big piece of it. If there's something wrong between me and someone else, one of the first things I need to do is first get clear about who I am, what's my position, which is exactly what they've done. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, you know what? I really want this relationship. And that's that joy of being drawn towards it. But confession is just telling the truth. This is what I did. Yeah. This is what I did. And you're doing it with a, um, a movement towards repair. Mm-hmm. Right. You are not necessarily in control of that repair, but when people confess, they just tell the truth. You know, It's not even that I'm sorry. It's just, no, this is what happened. I, you know, like um, robbers 
or whatever. They just tell the truth when they confess. Mm-hmm. They don't go, I'm so sorry because Joe was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they might, but that's not taken as part of their confession. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anybody? does anybody have any confession that they want to make right now? Please do not make it heavy. <laughs> Is there... I, I can confess something. Yeah. Not many people know this. Um, I, when I was in sixth grade, my girlfriend Joyce and I, when we went out to the playground, we passed this room and we realized that it was the teacher's supply closet. And so we um, we went in there and it was like our clubhouse, you know? <laughs> and we were just dancing around. We didn't take one thing. And then when everybody else came back, we just got back in line with everybody outside the door and we just went back right into the classroom. It was like we had recess in the teacher's supply closet. And it was a blast, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, we really got about 15 other kids to come in and everybody's dancing around. Not one person took anything. Um, to my knowledge, I don't know. Um, but really, we didn't because that was the rule of the clubhouse. And then one day, Mrs. Marshall the meanest teacher in the whole school opens the door. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Right. Fortunately, Joyce and I are behind the door when she opens it. So we just kind of mold into the wall a bit. We just kind of just go back there. And um, she's yelling at each one of those kids, you kids, get out of here. You have no business being in here like this. And Joyce and I are just holding our breath. And then the door closes. <laughs> And we're still in the teacher supply closet, <laughs> and they never found out. So oh, they wow. never, they found, out. never found out. Yeah. Mrs. Marshawn, if you're listening, yeah. you should have tagged Rosemary. No, no, <laughs> she was really mean. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I can't say that it's weighed a lot heavily on me because really that confession was. I'm like, I got away with that. That was like so much fun. <laughs> it was harmless. Yeah, Very yeah, harmless. that was. It was us being kids. We were talking about confession, and um, Suzanne's gonna go for it. Oh, okay. So it's my turn. My confession, my, I have a lot to confess, but what I'll confess <laughs> right now is that I have spent way too much time, and money, and energy, focused on finding the perfect red lip color. <laughs> the perfect, the perfect red. red lip color. And my kids said to me, and I, we're talking years, and I cannot even tell you the number of tubes of red lipstick that I have or have gone through or returned or thrown away or I don't know. And that's not a cheap uh, no, lipstick's not cheap anymore. Experiment or whatever. I've gone with the cheap lipstick. I've gone with the higher end lipstick. I've gone with the medium. I mean, just all of it. (laughs) So so let's just picture the color. Do you want like a a pinky bright red or an orange with a little So I don't of- <laughs> want to be that crazy woman whose lips precede her into the room. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> okay. And I want something... Also known as Mick Jagger's mother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh! I'm so kidding. I don't even know what oh. she looks like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mick. <laughs> So it needs to be something that's going to be long-lasting. It needs to be something that looks natural but still has some color. It can't be too orange. It can't be too pink. It needs to be transfer-resistant, and it needs to be non-drying. Oh, my goodness. No wonder you haven't found it. 
So I went and I don't like, I mean, I had a color and I thought it was perfect. And my husband and I were going out for a night and um, I bought him some concert tickets for Christmas and it was time to go to this concert and we're standing in line and he's like, you have lipstick on your cheek. I was like, how do I have lipstick on my own cheek? And I must have accidentally brushed my lip and then probably, I probably had um, like hair on my, Mm. like my hair was flying around and I probably moved the hair and it got my lip and then I hit it with my cheek and I was like, that's it. I'm done with this. (laughs) No more. So anyway, I did go into the um, makeup store yesterday and said, (laughs) gave the lady my whole list and there were two ladies that were like, okay, well, let's try this one or you could try this one or you could, I mean, I made them work hard. Did you buy buy one? (laughs) I bought one. I bought one and I can't decide if it's my signature red lip color or not. We'll have to so, vote and decide. Yeah. We're yeah. for the pictures. Next week. Yeah. Okay. We're here for the pictures yeah. and then we can all yeah. vote. Yeah. yeah. That'll be fun. So anyway, this has been a years long process. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, I really, when you talked about it, I have kind of the same thing with mascara. I I've bought I don't know how many tubes of mascara, and I always want waterproof. Yes, because mm-hmm. I do have watery eyes. Okay, I don't care if they say waterproof; they're not really waterproof. I mean, some to a certain extent they are, but it's the same thing. And a tube of cheap mascara is like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. I have, I have the mascara for you. Ooh. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. <laughs> Unless they want to sponsor us, then we'll tell you all day. Right. (laughs) Right. I was listening to this one podcast where the guy got his girlfriend to give him 20 bucks so he'd say nice things about her, and she (laughs) sponsored her sponsor. I was like, that is so funny. (laughs) And we will take 20 bucks. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, those are some very light confessions. Yes. For sure. And the the people of Israel had a lot of really... Big confessions, mm-hmm. a lot of big confessions, but God has reminded them that He is faithful, and He has shown that over and over and over again. And so, once they've confessed, then they spend all this time. And um, Terry read just part of the prayer that they offer, um, and they start and they praise to God, the Creator, and then they praise. Um, God with his faithfulness for Abraham, and then they praise him for the deliverance of Egypt. So I'm just thinking about these prayers, and they really glorify God. And when you see someone who is so set apart, that God is so good, he's so glorious, what happens is our sin is exposed. Then we also have to see us. Mm, We also have to see we're not part of that. And I think sometimes people do something like with Mother Teresa. I can never be Mother Teresa. Well, guess what? You're not called to be Mother Teresa. Mm. But when you see what she did, your your sin or your um, your thinking is exposed. You you know you know what I mean. We kind of mm-hmm. take people sometimes and we set them apart. And I think when they were seeing God and all this goodness of God. What they were seeing were themselves, too, in that sin. And so I think that's another piece for the sackcloth. You're right. It's not mascara or you know lipstick. It, it was a very deep sin, very deep pain when they started realizing what they had done. 
with this. Yeah, they flat out turned their backs on God. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they were worshiping the gods of the foreign lands where they were mm-hmm. taken captive. And so can you imagine knowing that's what you've been doing, mm-hmm. and then now you're hearing how good God has been, mm-hmm. and you're hearing how he's created the world, and you hear how he's brought you out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Ugh, there's that yeah. other part that's exposed. Yeah. yeah, our deficiencies are made very well known. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, to me, it's like we have two ways of moving with that. We either can separate more and go, oh, like, I, like I'll never be Mother Teresa. Or I'll never be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Or we can draw closer and go, I want some of that. I don't know what I need to do. But if you say the beginning part is I just need to remember who you are, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of what started happening here as these prayers came in. As we were... as. Terry was reading through, um, you know, she she got to the part of um, where they're praising him for the way that he dealt with Abraham. And uh, in 9-7, it says, you chose Abram, you brought him out of Ur, and you named him Abraham. And then um, 9-8 is, you made a covenant and you kept your promise. And they say, you are righteous, mm-hmm. you know. And God promised that he would take Abraham and give him descendants that outnumbered the stars. And Abraham was a man and Abraham really screwed up even oh, after oh, yeah. even yeah. after God said that. Mm-hmm. Abraham couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And he made a hot mess out of his family line. Mm-hmm. Which we are still feeling the effects of today. Mm-hmm. Um, you Ishmael. know. Yeah. And then the Israelites we're just straight up idiots. That's just the reality <laughs> of it, you know. But he provided for them. I feel so much like an Israelite right now when you yeah, say that. Yeah. <laughs> think of it. But he provided for them um, as they were being delivered from Egypt. He provided for their physical needs in the fact that he sent the signs to Pharaoh um, in the you know the plagues mm-hmm. and. Um, he saw their suffering, he heard their cries, he parted the Red Sea, he made the way clear. He gave literally a pillar of cloud that they could see during the day and a pillar of fire that they could follow at night. Mm-hmm. So there was no way that they could deviate, or right. they could, but there was no way that they should have deviated. Right. He made all of these physical needs so that they weren't even an issue, right? They're wandering in the desert for 40 years, their clothes don't wear out. Yeah. And their feet don't swell. Oh, how wonderful. It, that's almost the most miraculous of it all is. of it, right? Because it it's really just is. a daily thing. Yeah. And, that's and the just, heat and all. I mean. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Yeah, no blisters. But he met their spiritual needs too because he came down to them at Mount Sinai and he spoke to them. He gave the rules and the regulations so that they would be prepared protected um you know he he met everything he took yes. care of it all everything he took care of it all mm-hmm. yet they still were like meh mm. look at that gold thing over there i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna worship that mm-hmm. yeah that's mm. the god that saved us from egypt right yeah. never Isn't mind it, this flame that we're it following is like craziness it is crazy I can't I, I i'm just like picturing it's like you know someone talking to you saying let's build a calf and you're like Fire, like look at the fire yeah. over there. Like, okay, what are we going to do about that? You know, and it's like, well, let's just ignore it, mm-hmm. right? 
I, I don't know. And don't how did thinking. a million people march through the middle of the sea on dry ground? Mm-hmm. Dry ground. And and forget so and forget that. But think about us. How I, short I our memories are sometimes. I know, but they're you know, you big. <laughs> bogged down in a bad circumstance and you're not really remembering all the goodness of God. You're looking at that bad circumstance. Mm. Boy, I think that's so true. Yeah. Like I am shocked by how quickly I, re- I forget mm-hmm. and how important it is for me to remember every day bringing more in Yeah, and the goodness of God. So I had a teacher in high school, and he was the football coach, and he was the, I don't even know what class it was. I really don't remember anything about this class, except for the fact that every year he would put on his football helmet from when he played like in high school and college, and he would start at the very back of the room, and he would run full speed and smash his head into the door wearing Mm. his football helmet. Oh my goodness. Every year. And this guy taught for a long time. Why would he do that? I have no idea. I'm (laughs) sure there is a reason for it. I don't know what the reason was. I mean, granted, this was, I mean, 25, 30 years ago Mm -hmm. that I saw him do this. But he did this so often that there was an indentation in the door. Oh, my. So... I would just really love to know the reason. It got your attention for the yeah. teacher. Yeah. Right. But that's the only thing you remembered from his class? I yeah, mean, I, mean I literally don't even... Re- and, and sex ed was in that class, so I don't know. Well, that it explains was, it. So, <laughs> that explains it completely. Maybe, maybe that was. <laughs> um, but like... <laughs> Talking about the Israelites and how short-sighted our memories are, Mm -hmm. like I think about this man running his head repeatedly into the wall and how that's such a perfect picture of the things that we do. Like he Mm -hmm. knew it hurt, and I'm Uh, sure he remembered that it hurt, hurt. but he did it over and over again. He knew better Mm -hmm. than to run. I I mean, I just can't imagine the neck and spine problems this man must have, Mm, but he did it over and over again. And we metaphorically ram our heads into the door over and over and over again. That is a great picture. It is a great picture. It is a great yeah. picture. I really have no idea why he did it. Probably <laughs> to, I mean, obviously to illustrate something, but mm-hmm. we just, I just think about that door with the dent in it. And I think, where's my door with the dent? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I'm not worshiping a golden calf while the pillar of fire is next to me. Um, but what am I doing over and over and over again that I shouldn't be doing and I know better? Well, we have the Holy mm. Spirit in us. That's our pillar of fire. Mm. <clears throat> but you're right. It's the same, the same thing. We, we know God. We've got Him inside of us. He's, you know, we're part of Him. He's part of us. And yet we still choose to go our own way. Mm. And not pay attention to that Holy Spirit voice inside yeah. of us, what's going on, that knowledge. Yeah. But he is so good and forgiving, and he is he is so gracious that he is literally letting us sit here this morning and talk about this. Yes. Yeah. You know, when he could very well say, you are so not worthy, mm-hmm. which I'm not, but you are so not worthy. You are a sinner, and you do wrong every single day. Like, you do wrong before you even get out of bed in the morning. But he's gracious enough and forgiving enough that he lets us sit here and he lets us talk about him and he mm-hmm. lets us remember his goodness. He re- 
lets us remember the goodness that he offered to Abraham and the same kind of goodness that he offers to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about all these remembrances. I don't know if we appreciate what that means completely. You know, I just lost my dad this mm-hmm. past spring. And, um, and I think back, I'm doing a lot of remembering. Mm. And there is something really precious about those remembrances. And it's kind of, as we've been studying this, it's just sort of settled in my heart. It's drawn my family closer. You know, I've, I've remembered things with my sister, and I've remembered things with my mom and my brother. And it's, it's brought us all into a unity around my dad. Mm. And so I think it's the same kind of thing with God. He wants us to remember those experiences that we've had with him. And in the process of that remembering, it brings us all together in him in a very precious way. Mm. Hearing you say that, it's, I'm getting another picture of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Working with people in grief, when things are painful, it's because there's a good thing on the other side that they're mm-hmm. wishing they had, that they miss, mm-hmm. that they want to engage in again. And there's that deep, deep mourning that happens. Like if I told you that Joe Schmo just died, you're like, I'm sorry for his family and for him, you know, but I have no connection. There's no deep sadness going on. But with your dad, you had those good memories. Yeah. And that's where the mourning comes in. And so I wonder about that with the Israelites. Makes sense, the sackcloth now. This deep mourning that's going on. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they keep coming back to how good God is. And looking at the blessings that He has given them. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of times I make big mistakes, and it's like I hit that door with my head. Mm-hmm. No, I don't do what that guy did. That is like a TBI. <laughs> that is crazy. That's, That's a crazy. TBI waiting to happen. It's probably already happened, yeah. which is it's now I understand why, why he keeps happened. doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but figuratively, I do that all, all the time. And when I realize how much I've screwed up, I'm like, oh, I feel so sick. I'm like, no, no. And I think a part of that might be I know there's something better for me, and I just made a choice that wasn't helpful. Yeah, you know, I thought it was helpful at the time, but not now. I think sometimes we don't even think it's helpful. Sometimes we just do it. Well, because we're not thinking. Because we're not thinking. Right, because you I know. want to be my own God. Right. I don't want to have to be under someone, and so it's all about me. Mm-hmm. And then we're back in my world versus God's kingdom, my kingdom. Yeah. I think it was at the very, very beginning, maybe even the first day that we talked about Nehemiah, and Rosemary just said, I was really thinking about it, and it hit me that it just all comes back to sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It was the first day I kept backing mm-hmm. up. It was just all about yeah. sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which over and over again with us, with the Israelites, I mean, even Abraham, who was chosen to be the father of all. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Father Abraham. Uh, <laughs> he had many sons. He, he had many That's sons. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, sin, 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 sin. Mm-hmm. But God always gives the chance to come back. Come back. Mm-hmm. He even gave Pharaoh in Egypt a chance. You know, let my people go. If you do, things will be great. Mm-hmm. If you don't, there's going to be consequences. Be bad he consequences. even gave them, gave Pharaoh the option to do the right thing. And if he did, those people would have been saved. They wouldn't have gone through all that. Mm-hmm. And he, he keeps giving these people, another chance, another chance, another chance. The Israelites are getting another chance as he provides for them all along. 
Turner burn baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there there has to be a recognition for the need of a savior, and so without understanding sin, there would never be an understanding of the need for a savior. Right. Exactly. So sin, it's an important thing for us to recognize that we fall short and we sin, um, because that's supposed to point us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Even when they were talking about there is something in the FYI in the homework where they were talking about God provided them the manna, the bread. Mm-hmm. He provided the rock, the water out of the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, that's Jesus. It's yeah. all foreshadowing who he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And there's nothing, nothing that they did that God was not forgiving of mm-hmm. and willing to bring them back into the fold. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing that we can do that God is not willing to forgive and bring us back into the fold. Yeah. Pretty amazing. It really it's is. worth it's worthy of praise. It is worthy. He mm. is worthy of praise. That's that unrelenting love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, that just constantly going for you, constantly going forward to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, I love my kids, my family, but to have that unrelenting love, it's like you have to get that from Jesus. It doesn't come out of us naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There um I heard somebody say this week that it is an unrelenting and unflappable love of from the Lord that shows us his mercies and shows us his goodness. And we can see that in all different ways. We can see it in people. We can see it in people's actions. We can see it in relationships. We can see it in nature. But it's the unre- unrelenting and unflappable love of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, so picture what that relationship looks like. Um, let's say just another person, right? And this person, let's picture Jesus because that's easiest for me at least. So that's why we're going to do it. Anyway, <laughs> you know, you go, Jesus, I screwed up so bad. I love you. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus, I, I, you can't love this. This was bad. Oh, I love you. And it's this, um, I don't even want to talk to you, Jesus. It's like, I'm right here for you. It's, it's like this constant, you can't get away from someone loving you. You mm-hmm. cannot get away from him. Even when I'm in my own shame and I'm like, please don't look at me. Please don't do this. Please yeah. don't. It's like, oh, I got you. And there's this reaching out towards yeah, me. It's unreal. That is unrelenting. So mm-hmm. it, it, picture a relationship like that in your life. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like to be a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's good, I think. I love that. I think that's yeah. a great way for us to end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you want to pray for us, Rosemary? Sure. Okay. Oh God, we just we just praise you, God. We just thank you for that aspect of your relationship that you are unrelenting in your love towards us, God. Even when we make giant, giant mistakes, you're always there picking us up, ready to hold us, ready to be turned to, God. And we just ask that um, anyone listening with this, if they have that situation going on in their heart right now, that God, they, they just turn to you. Even if they don't believe in you, um, that they still will turn and take a chance. And they'll say, okay, fine. You know, can you help me? I don't even know what's going on. Try to confess exactly what's going on. Just tell the truth and just finally be able to rest and take in that unrelenting love of God, this sweetness. Lord, we just praise you. We ask your anointing on the people who've been hearing this, God. Um, We ask for your transformation to happen for these people, Lord. Set your people free. Gosh, we just thank you, God, and how you do that for us over and over and over again. We just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.